there, my friends. I'm watching Eric boogie on and get us into the show here. He's got the right idea. I hope you do, too. Are you ready for an hour of Story You Talk Radio? I just want to thank you for reserving this hour to spend with me as we get into everything around the stories you live by, the stories you're writing, the author's life you are adopting, and everything else you might be up to. This is a great place to get inspired and get motivated and get into your week and get into your life and get into your dreams and just get it going on. I was away for just one little tiny week, so we fired up a a show that we did a while back, and it was all about the idea of starting but not starting over. And I got a a lot of feedback while I was away. I'm going to tell you more about that in a bit. Um, It did inspire me to think of what I wanted to talk about today. Because like I said, it's lovely when people like yourself write in. Why don't you go ahead and do that? Anytime you've got a question on your mind about writing, telling your story, coming up with the nerve to give a speech. Maybe you're even proposing a TED Talk out there in the world. Maybe you've just sent off your draft to a publisher. Maybe you're getting in touch with your very first literary agent. Maybe you're just thinking that fiction would be fun. Maybe you're at some other stage of writing. I would love to hear from you. I'd love to know what's got you moving, what's got you stuck. And I promise, if you're stuck, I'm going to help you move along. It was really great to hear from Grace. I want to say you were the key inspiration for today's show. I also heard from Melanie, I think it was Kristen, who also wrote in, Scott wrote in, Rob wrote in, a new friend uh, named Don wrote in, I heard from Bonnie, Rebecca wrote in with excellent news about her writing. It's just great to hear from y'all. So thank you so much for doing that. Anytime, anytime, anytime you have something on your mind, just write to Ask Coach Debbie. That's Ask Coach Debbie at gmail.com. And Debbie is spelled D E B B Y. Ask Coach Debbie at gmail.com. I love to get your news. When I can during the shows, I also have. Facebook open, and I have Facebook Messenger open, but sometimes I can't manage all those screens. So if before the show, mm-hmm, you want to go over to my my personal Facebook page or even my Coach Debbie Facebook page, you can always leave a question there, and we'll get to it during the show. Yes, indeed. So thank you for listening today. We're going to talk about moving from stress into that place where you manifest. Moving away from your stress and getting into manifesting. Sometimes people tell me, I should be a pro now. And they're speaking about themselves. 
they'll say, I should be a pro at this point of manifesting. I mean, I've been working at it for such a long time. And then they, they shame themselves because something that they really wanted to see happen, well, they've been working at hard and it's not happening yet. You know, one thing I've learned, I'll just, I'll just say this here, is that when we are working away from our stress and really getting into our zone, bringing things into our world, whether that's a work thing or a love life thing or a, um, a personal thing or a family thing or a professional thing, whatever it is you're, you're moving from thought into being in the world, the minute you put a timeline on it, it's almost like you just ricochet it just right out of the whole manifesting loop of being. And, and I, I can't really explain why that is. But I can tell you, if you can be open to the idea of showing up on a daily basis as your best, you won't really have to worry about the timeline. And again, it, it might not be that maybe you want to see something happen in three days and maybe it takes 30 but if, if you can just be with the idea that the timeline might be in bigger hands than your own or the timeline might be on its own schedule, I think you'll be really, really happy when and how it shows up. It's been my experience when I have decided I've felt stressful and I really want to go for something new. Anytime I go for something new and I try and hold down a timeline, I, I find myself going back to stress. Or if I hold down exactly looking for signs that the plan I envisioned is coming my way, I start to get stress. The plan might come to you in a very, very different way. Let me just use Jackie as an example. Jackie was someone who was in her ministry, and she had a plan of a course she was going to offer to her church. We got to talking about this. It was grief-related. I thought it was an excellent plan. However, her thought was once she took it to her congregation, she should have all the people she needed signed up and ready for the class. Now that's, that's where it gets sticky. Just because she put it out there to the congregation and just because she had a great call to action doesn't mean that she's necessarily going to have as many signups as she thought at the end of that. Now, she did get some, but what we found out was that Jackie thought that that should be the beginning and end of her marketing campaign. And it wasn't. It actually took a few months for her to have enough people. But here's the neat thing. She was still in love with the class that she had designed to teach. And she offered this class. It was a few months after her originally planned class. But the referral rate from that was so big that very, very soon afterwards, 
she had to offer four sections of the same class to accommodate the number of people that had signed up that she could have in that particular room at the church. So if you ask me, not only did it work out, but it worked out, what would you call that, fourfold? <laughs> but but not necessarily on the timeline she had originally envisioned. Still, did it suit her financially? Yes. Did people come in droves? Yes. Did she have to work harder and harder and harder to make it happen? Not really. She just had to keep putting out that call to action. And once she gave that first class, like I said, the referral rate was high enough that she got to give it again and again and again and again. So sometimes that's how things work. And that can take us from being in a stressful situation, which is, I have a class I want to offer, and I don't know where I'm going to find the people, to moving into producing a call to action, putting it out there, knowing it might take a little time for it to reach all the people you need for it to reach. But really, once that ball's rolling, watch out, because it's really going to roll. Things can really, really take off at that point. And that, my friend, is deep, wonderful, powerful manifesting. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. How you go from having an idea, a dream, something that's on your mind that you want to see out there in the world. You, you want to see it happening. It could be that you have an idea for a book and you want it on the bookshelves. Well, you know, there's some work to do between the idea in your mind and the book on the shelves. You know that's true. Now, you might be thinking, ah, I've written a book before and I got plenty of help on it and it took a year. So this time, I want it to take half a year. Well, it, it might, but it might not. In fact, this is what surprised many many people I talk to, sometimes the second book takes longer. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it takes twice as long. <laughs> and usually it's because you have really up-leveled what you now want in that second book. You know, the first time you wrote a book, you gave it everything you had and good for you for doing so. But now the book's been out there, you're proud of it, you're happy about it, and you're feeling like, it's time for my second book. That first one took a full year. This next one, ah, five or six months, this is old hat. Well, you've got some big ideas, probably, as you should, that grew from writing that first book and going to your book signings and reading in public and perhaps even building a business around it, you have some big ideas of what you want to happen with book two. I don't know that it's wise to put that pressure on yourself that this thing now has to be done in half the time you had for the first one. 
what most people think is, well, the first one, I didn't know what I was doing. Now I know what I'm doing. Well, maybe you do. But maybe you still need adequate time to do it. And maybe by giving yourself adequate time, you're going to feel called to sort of up your skills, to go just on a little bit deeper level. Maybe in the second book, you're going to be just a little bit more vulnerable. Maybe in the second book, you're going to have like some sort of workbook added in. And to, to develop a workbook, you don't want to just slap in questions. You really want to look at your data and see what is it that you're already doing that has helped people the most, which can now turn into questions that you put in your second book. All this stuff takes time, my friends. So my recommendation to you is if you're feeling a little stressed to get that second book out there, this is just an example, and it's not manifesting on the timeline you thought it should manifest in, maybe, maybe, maybe the stress mm -hmm, is coming from you. Did you ever think about that? I have a lot of people in my world that say, no, 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 the stress is from my publisher. Yeah, but it was you and the publisher that worked out the deadline. So, you know, at some point, we have to be accountable. Most publishers, if you say to them, I have a book idea and I really believe I could do this in 9 to 12 months, they're not going to come back and say, well, we want it in two. That's, that's not how it works. So if you've got a six-month contract, you got to go back and remember that that was something you negotiated. Mm -hmm. So just a little reminder that sometimes the stress comes from us. It doesn't come from an outside source. It comes from our own thinking, comes from our own self-demanding comes from our own expectations. Where'd you get those expectations anyway? Sometimes we need to do a little work on our good old inside job. I'll tell you this. I have a history of putting high, high demands and ridiculous timelines over me. And where did that come from? <laughs> That came right out of my growing up years, came right out of those homework days where, here's something I remember very well. When I was taking algebra, you had one day to do your homework. So you'd go to class on Monday, and the homework was due on Tuesday. You'd go to class on Tuesday, and that new bit of homework was due on Wednesday, and on and on and on. It seemed like on Fridays, they always gave you massive amounts, and that was due on Monday. And what are you supposed to be doing on the weekend? Resting. But are you now? Because you got all this homework. Well, I remember once the vice president came into my junior high class and was giving us this little talk about what high school life is all about. It was At least for me, it was scaring the heck out of me. I just thought, man, I'm never going to make it to high school. I'm already burdened with all this algebra homework, and I don't know if I have the algebra gene. You know, I know I have the writing gene, but the algebra gene, I don't think I got that one. 
I remember feeling really, really, really uptight about it. And some questions came pouring in, but I remember this one thing that the vice president offered to us and said, it is up to you to figure out how to manage your homework because your teachers never give you more than they believe you can manage. And we were all just like, oh, yeah, right, sure, 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 right. But you know what? It was, it was a long time before I tested that out, probably college. But I got to thinking about that. Could that be true? Could it be true that the one making the assignment would never intentionally assign more than they really, really thought you could do? And if you really, really are thinking this is far too much for you to do, then I think the next great question is, well, what are the other things you're doing? You know? Because if you have 17 kids, you might not want to be going to school until they all get themselves in college too. You know, but if you've got one at home, you might be able to manage your homework with one child at home. Now I'm speaking to college students, right? So you got to sometimes come back to where is the stress coming from? I, I am often one that thinks it comes from outside sources. And then I look at my own decisions around my scheduling. I look at my own decisions around my will to move forward at this fast clip. I mean, many of you know, I, I'm a workaholic in recovery, you know, deeply in recovery. There, there were years in my life when I was willing to work 60, 70 hour weeks to move ahead with my career. I watched other people work a 40 hour week. I had no idea how they did it. But I also noticed that I was moving ahead at a much faster clip. And to me, the whole reason why had to do with the number of hours I was putting in. My guess is that wasn't it. It was something else. I think I was putting in those hours because I had an addictive tendency to... Actually, that could be a really long story and a whole show in itself. But I did. I did. I had this tendency where I wanted to see change at rapid fire. I didn't want to have to sit around for a year and wait for the next thing. I, I wanted the next thing now. Are you like that? If you are, this could be part of the equation you're dealing with. Because when you're noticing that you're under a lot of stress and very little is actually being manifested, you are on some level, you're part of the equation. It's hard to see it that way, but usually it is that way. Now, maybe you're only 20% of the equation. In my background, I was usually, you know, 80, 85, 90, 95% of that. But maybe, maybe you're just a small percentage of it. It's time, though, to take a little look and see. What can you do about that? I will happily take your questions on this topic or another topic if you would like to write in today at AskCoachDebbie at gmail.com. 
Once again, Debbie is spelled D-E-B-B-Y. AskCoachDebbie at gmail.com. Looks like I'm running a little bit behind on my first break here. So we're going to take that break right now, and we're going to come right back. Hi, this is Lisa Downs, host of Reigniting You, the show that takes a positive, forward-looking approach to mid-to-late career transitions for Gen Xers and Boomers every Wednesday afternoon at 3 o'clock Pacific. Whether you're looking to stay in the traditional workforce, do your own thing, or retire or semi-retire, Reigniting You is your source for career transition advice, inspiration, and insight for what's next in your career and life. Join me Wednesdays at 3 o'clock to get re-energized, recharged, and reignited. Welcome back to Story You Talk Radio. I'm your host, Coach Debbie, and I come to you live every Thursday to talk to you about storytelling and living firmly and strongly in the story you are living by. Today we are talking about stress, and we're also talking about how stress gets between us and what we're trying to manifest. Are you under a little bit of stress? Hey, I've got an invitation for you. I have a writer's retreat. I think I should call it the non-writer's retreat because we're not going to do a whole lot of writing. But it is for people that are expressing themselves with story and in general really want to be better at communicating and drawing boundaries around that time to create their content. It's going to be held in the northeast part of Seattle in Woodenville, Washington, where there are several wineries. It's in a beautiful lodge. If you choose to stay overnight, and I hope you do, you will have a beautiful room with a king-size plush-a-rama bed, a fireplace, a balcony, a sunk-in tub. Why don't you bring your honey while you're at it? Susan is. Susan and Corey are going to have a little romantic getaway, and they're even going to stay an extra night after the rest of us go home. This is going to be on October 14. That's a Thursday. All day on October 14 and on October 15. So the overnight is on Thursday night. But we still have just a tad bit of room. If you would like to book that second night, that Friday, after the retreat ends, and stay there on your own or with your sweetie, we're really, really, really going to dive into what does it look like to take care of your spirit? What does it look like to actually start by relaxing first and then moving yourself into a momentum and cycle so that you're not stressed, but so that you are manifesting that which you want to see in the world. We're going to talk about your story and the steps that are required to not only get it to the finish line, but to get the first 30% of it all mapped out and just in a very confident place with you so that you can move forward on it and how you create a sanctuary 
one much like the retreat once you go home, which will help fortify your own ability to keep going on your project. Most people need a little bit more, and that's why I offer my signature writing program. And in fact, I am marrying the two, and it works like this, and it's just for a very limited time now. If you are thinking about a 90-day, a six-month, or a one-year commitment to my signature writing program, and that just basically means you'll have group coaching, one-on-one coaching, and two VIP days blended in there. If you're thinking the signature writing program's for you because you know you have a book in you and it ain't coming out, well, just for a very limited time, I'm going to throw in the retreat if you want to get yourself all signed up for that signature writing program. Mm-hmm. That's just going to feel so good. Instead of thinking about which one you can do, they're both right there for you now. So this offer is available. This is a live show. So this offer is available September 2021. I need to hear from you before midnight, September 30th, 2021. And sooner would be better. But anyway, this is what's on offer. You choose the timeline, 90 days, six, uh, six months, or the full year writing program, and in goes the retreat, all for you. And you're going to like it. I like it. I think I'm in love with it. I am so excited and so happy to be offering it. And I would love, love, love to see you there. One thing we're going to do is cut right through some of the stress and drama and fear and the reasons why when you think about writing your book and you think about what you can manifest, maybe you're just even thinking about writing a resume or an article or a little two-sentence love letter to your honey, and it's just not coming forward. Sometimes just two sentences can put a massive amount of stress on you. If you're not manifesting what you want, stay with me. I got another 25 minutes here to help you out. I want to just give a shout out to Grace. Thank you, Grace, for writing in and sharing this note, which I'm going to share right here. She says, you spoke on a show recently about coming to a retreat to relax. And this is one thing I never do. Okay, as soon as I read this from Grace, I thought, yep, I know where you're at. I I remember being the person that said, I never relax. I have a couch that, you know, friends of mine used to call it the makeout couch because it was one of those couches with the the swirled, you know, ends. It was just a beautiful couch. Did I ever get to sit down on that thing? No. I was always going a thousand miles an hour. So, Grace, I understand when you say you heard about my retreat for relaxing, but this is one thing, as she says, one thing I never do. She goes on, I don't know how to relax. I'm always dealing with deadlines and so much pressure at work, but I know I need a retreat. 
I started a book during COVID that I loved, but I barely wrote at all during summer. Way too many deadlines are in my face right now. All right, I'm just going to stop there. For me, that was enough from Grace to realize that the temperature, if we were to just kind of put it in temperature words, she's at like 101 degrees here. She's hot. She's boiling over. She's tired. She doesn't like things the way they are. I relate to this very well. And are you someone who has a lot of deadlines hanging over you? You might not even know this, but some of them, I'm just going to say it, so hang on. This might hurt. Some of them are voluntary. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. I know. I'm getting ready for pie in the face. Go ahead and toss it. This is radio, so you can't really get me. But some of those deadlines are self-imposed. Mm-hmm. Remember, remember when we say to our sister, oh, sure, I'll come over and do X. That, that, yeah, she'd love for you to come over, but you might not have to, and you might feel like you do. Or think about your sweetie. When your sweetie says, can you fix this for me? And you say, sure, I'll be there tonight. I'll fix that for you. Uh, you, you, you did have the chance to say no. My guess is you'll still be loved if you say no. We put deadlines on ourselves. I just had a friend get in touch with me today, 11 o'clock in the morning on the day that I do my radio show. Right at 11 o'clock is usually when I'm looking over everything I've written in the last month. I'm making final decisions about things I want to bring in and talk about here. 11 o'clock, I don't, I don't have room for a project. And someone wrote in and said, hey, remember me? <laughs> remember me always means I have something I need you to do for free. Wrote in and said, hey, remember me? Could you take a look at this? So I opened up the file and this was six pages long. There's no way. There's no way at 11 o'clock on Thursday I would be in my right mind to take a look at it. So I just wrote back and said, of course I remember you. And I would be more than happy to help you with this. Is it possible that we could talk about a time next week? And I'm sure I'll hear back. And that person now has the option to say yes or no. And we'll get it all figured out. I might not even be the person who ends up working on it, but I might. But this, this is what I want you to glean. I knew at 11 o'clock, based on my experience of many, many times in my recent and long ago past of saying yes to everything, that I could not meet that deadline. I could not at 11 o'clock on Thursday when I'm on my way to the radio station just stop, dig into a six-page article or whatever she's got going on and and help her I knew I couldn't so the answer was no but how about next week and I'll find out if that works and I'm still a good person for saying that and I think that's another bit of stress right we stress 
and we do not manifest what we want to because we're thinking if we don't say yes to everything, we're just a lousy old person. And it's not true. There's a part of you that already knows it's not true. Coming back to grace, I just don't know you well enough to know if this is what's going on in your life, but I hope that you are hearing ways that maybe, maybe, if it's not exactly this, there might be some ways where some of those yeses that you're giving to deadlines could be no or could be how about next week or something else. Another thing I want to say here, Grace, is you mentioned that during COVID you got into writing and you did very little of it in the summer of 2021. So I know, I know you're feeling that that's because of deadlines. What I don't know is what's your background writing fiction? Was COVID the first year you took this on? If not, if you have a larger background, is it possible that you were comparing a previous time when you did your writing to your expectations now? I know for myself, if I think how something went before and how it should go now, I, I get myself into a bit of trouble. So could that be one of the sticky bits? And Grace, finally, I just want to suggest the obvious because it just sounds like you're doing too much and it's time for you to get out of a life that involves so much too much. It's just not serving you. I didn't read the whole letter here. I just wrote down what I wanted to bring in and share with the listeners, but your letter was long. You use the word deadline a lot. I could hear your stress. I wrote this whole show today based on your letter. And so I just want to say, Grace, it's time to look at your name, which is Grace. It's a beautiful name. And Grace is one thing you want to be giving to yourself right here. You want to be honoring yourself just a little bit more in any way you can so that all those yeses around deadlines start to be no, start to be later. Maybe you can outsource a little more. Maybe, maybe you have a boss that you need to just sit down and have a heart-to-heart -heart with. Because if you were here for the first part of my show, you heard me talk about a memory I had in an algebra class where I was told, and it really stuck with me, teachers do not assign more homework than they really, honestly, truly believe we're capable of. And as a teacher, you know, I went on years later and became a teacher, and I assigned far less than I knew my students could do. But I also know they have lives. There are, there are some students who came to me and said, well, I have, I have four classes and four different sets of homework. True, yeah, yeah, that can feel very overwhelming. But I really honestly think when we find ourselves in a place where we believe 
that the deadlines are all from outside sources, we need to be talking to those outside sources. Maybe, maybe, maybe some of them are from the inside. Maybe some of them are self-imposed. So take a little look there as well. And thank you, Grace. Thank you for writing in. I'm, I was just really, really happy to hear from you. I'm happy to be part of your world, and I hope I'll get to hear from you again. I would like to, if you can make time for it, I would like to set up an, a, a time that you and I could meet one-on-one in the next 10 days or so and find out how we might go at some of these deadlines. Let's do this together. So watch for an email reply from me. And thank you again for yours. Let's dive into the next question. This came in from Kristen from Federal Way. I thought this was really, really, really a thoughtful thing. It's very short here. My daughter and I listened to your show together. She's leaving the she's leaving the nest in September for college. I married very young and I never went to college. And then she goes to all capital letters. This feels so awkward. <laughs> I yeah, my mother my mother once shared a story with me about that that you know, at one point I was working on my master's degree and, and she had never gone that far with her college education and, and that she was intimidated by giving me advice. So, Kristen, thank you for reminding me of that. Here's, here's uh, the great question you ended with. How can I help her manifest? Love that word. How can I help her manifest her dreams to make fashion-forward magazines. So just, just to recap, I'm thrilled that you and your daughter have been listening to the show. I'm thrilled that she made the decision to go to college, and I don't know if she's going into layout or journalism or, or where her path is, but it sounds like fashion and writing and magazines and all of that is coming together for her, and when you say, I feel, this feels, what'd you say? You said this, this feels so awkward. Sure it does. Sure it does. Anytime someone wants our help and we don't feel like we stood right there, firmly, strongly, solidly, it feels very awkward to think we can be of help. But Kristen, if your daughter is going to college, you have had conversation upon conversation over the last 17 plus years. I, I don't know the age of your daughter. Where you had to stand firmly in a position to help her. So there's no reason why you can't do it now. Think of the situations that your daughter found herself in that you did not have expert information about. She was off on her own path, living her own life, doing it her own way. But you found a way to help her stay with her dreams, come back to what she thought was so important. 
get it together if she lost her togetherness. You have incredible experience. I believe this without knowing you. You have incredible experience helping her get to wherever it is that she wants to go. You have incredible insight. The fact that she's going to college and you have not, it doesn't matter. What matters is your connection with her. What matters is exactly what we're talking about today. She is going to have times when she's stressed. She doesn't really necessarily come to you, I bet. I'm just thinking about me and my mama. I'm thinking about me and my daddy. I didn't necessarily go to my folks because I expected them to know the logistics. I went to them because I wanted them to throw their arms around me and tell me it's going to be okay. That's what she wants. She's scared. You don't, you don't have to know how to create a fashion forward magazine. You might want to encourage her to get into a program around that, but that, that's not on you. What's on you is to stick with the story of her life. And the story of her life is that she's going to come to you until she's 105, if you're still here, and ask for your advice. I'm 55 years old. My mother, she won't let you know her age, but, but she's a few years older than me. Not that many, because she was a young girl, too, when she had me. But I go to my mother for anything and everything, and I ain't stopping anytime soon. I go to my father for anything and everything, and I'm not stopping anytime soon. I go to my girlfriends. I go to my sweetheart. And what do I want? Sure. Sure. I go to my friend Annette because I'm thinking she'll help me with fashion. She's an image consultant. She'll help me look my very best. She'll help me do the inside work so I can. I go to my friend Antonio because he's a Martini specialist, and I know he'll bring me back to my values. I go to my dear friend Jennifer because she's an accountant. She'll help me with money. But really, 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 honestly, we all go to people for love. That's why we go to people. We go to people because we're stressed. We go to people because we know they love us. We know that our friendship, our bond, whatever sort of role they play in our life, they play because they love us. And even, even in situations like Grace, where I think, I think she might have a lot of deadlines due to work, even your boss has a certain amount of compassion and empathy and hope and all of that good stuff, even, even, even if they don't have a deep love for you. I really, I really believe that's so. Even your boss wants the best for you. So, Kristen, I just want to remind you that you and your daughter have had a long thing going on. If you're feeling stressed, that she's not going to be able to manifest all that college is offering her because you didn't go to college. All I can say is it's time for you to cut that cord of guilt. And remember, 
Every time you've made an offering to her in the past, it came from love. And every time you do it in the future, it'll be the same. You don't have to have a degree in everything that interests her. I hope that serves you, Kristen. And I just want to thank you for taking the time to listen with her to this show. I'm going to start pitching that. Hey, hang out with your mom. Hang out with your sister. Hang out with your bestie and listen to my show. I like that idea. That's a really good one. Thank you, Kristen. I'm stealing that idea. I also want to, since we're going deep today, we're talking about stress. I missed my break again. You know what? We're just going to keep on going through it. I don't have anyone buying commercials today. We're just going to keep on going here. If, if you are following my topic for today, we're talking about the stress that keeps you from manifesting something. This is for the storyteller. This is for the writer. This is for the person putting out copy, marketing, doing a TED Talk, building their business, writing their blog, putting together a resume, or even getting a little love note written. Yeah. Hey, if your kids are going off to college, this is a great time to write some love notes to them or send a little care package. This is a great, great, great time to put your words on paper for them. It's so pretty. I just went to my, I have this little round box, side note. I have this little round box that I have. It's right by my desk. It's decorative. It's beautiful. And all it is are cards, cards that I don't want to part with that have been sent to me from my family or from clients or from friends. And some of these cards go way back. A lot of the cards were written by people that have passed on. And I just, I just wanted to keep memory with them. So very recently, I, I wanted to feel loved. And I knew in that box were a whole bunch of cards that many people had written in the cards, you know, at the end. I love you, Debbie. My mother does this at the end of many cards. My Grammy used to do this. My father does this. I have friends that do it. And I just wanted that around me because I was doing something big and courageous with my business. And I just wanted to see the love reflected back. I didn't have to write to everybody or call everybody and say, hey, come on, Debbie's feeling really needy and scared and she's taking a big leap of faith again. You know, love me, help me. I just went to the card box and I got them out and I put them on my bulletin board so I could just walk by them and feel good and have a little bit of a cry if I needed one. That's one way that I take myself out of stress so I can move forward and manifest. And since we're going so deep, I'm just going to take you one notch deeper. Are you with me? <laughs> Can you handle Coach Debbie today? Good Lord. You never know what's going to come out of her. Listen, if you really, really, really want to do something about those stress signals that come up inside of you, I want to encourage you to try something that 
I learned in an anonymous program called Al-Anon. It's for friends and family members where there's an alcoholic involved. And this is an anonymous fellowship that served me well. And here's one thing that they encourage. It's called 90 meetings in 90 days. And I'm not telling you to go to Al-Anon. I want to reframe what I'm talking about here. If you do something for 90 days in a row, something that's good for you, you will have a new habit. Now, I had to do this to believe in it. And I'll tell you, I didn't want to go to 90 meetings in 90 days when I started with Al-Anon. I was one busy girl with a whole lot of deadlines, a lot of stress. Things were falling apart in my life. I was thinking I would go maybe once a week. You know, what's wrong with once a week? I'll get through those other six days. Well, they have this philosophy that if you really want to change the stress level in your life, you'll make a daily appointment to do something different. So I thought, all right, I'm going to commit to one week. And if I can't do this for one week, there's no way I can do it for 90 days. And so I told a friend about this and she said, I don't, <laughs> I don't hear the commitment in you. I, I hear you kind of setting yourself up that, you know, if it doesn't work for, for one week, you're out. And I thought, ooh, she's kind of right about that. I am setting myself up to fail. And so I changed that and I went, all right, you know what? I am going to do this thing for seven days. That's what I'm going to do. Now, I remember there was one day in there where I had to work extra hard to make this happen. And I don't remember now if it was because of a missed bus or if it was bad weather or had something to do with work. I just remember there was a huge struggle and I got there late and I didn't like that. I didn't like how it felt to show up late, but I went in anyway. I was there. I had made a monumental effort to get there. And you know what? I made that seven-day thing happen. And then 14. And then 21. And I made it to the 90 days. And I was not the same person on day 91 that I was on day zero. And that's because I had new habits. And this is true, my friend, even if you don't have big problems like the one I just explained in your life. Maybe you're just stressed about writing. Maybe you're just intimidated about it. Maybe deadlines around writing scare you. They sure as heck scare me. I put a lot of pressure on myself to meet deadlines, and I scare myself to death doing that. I have to back off of most of those. I have to renegotiate at times. We have to look at the fact that we're usually conditioned to live with a lot of stress. We're usually conditioned to say, I'm willing to just survive. In other words, I'm willing to do something one day a week, but not seven. My writing coach, Robert Holden, whenever I'm off and I'm feeling like I really need some help, he'll ask me, How's your daily practice going? That's always the question. How's your daily practice going? 
And what he's saying is, how are things going with your journal? Are you doing it? Are you doing it daily? If not, we might have the source of your stress right here, right now. Why? Because I told him a long time ago, the daily practice I was willing to commit to was spending time in my journal. Why? Because I get so much benefit seeing my thoughts reflected back. I have a lot of choice when I see my thoughts on paper and I realize I can do things differently if they're not working out or I can keep on keeping on if they really are working out. But for whatever reason, that's very hard for me to sort when it's all in my head. When I'm journaling, it's much easier to see. When I get off track and he asks me, how is your daily practice going? Oh, almost every single time I've had to admit. And perhaps it has been every single time. Yep, I'm out of sync with my daily practice. It's true. There is something you could be doing daily, and I really want to encourage you to think about what that might be. It's always something that serves you. For some people, it's just getting out first thing in the morning, throwing on your sweats and having a walk. It sets up your day well. For other people, it's taking one full hour before you go to work that you spend with yourself, and maybe it's even with writing. For some people, it's going to the gym. For my friend Gina, it's getting in a swim. That girl is willing to get up early as can be so she can swim before she does anything. Somehow, that works for her. What works for you? Whatever it is, if you were to do it daily, if you knew this thing worked for you, and you were to commit to having a daily routine with it, and maybe you need something you just do for 15 minutes, not two hours. If you commit to doing it daily, I promise you, in 90 days, you're going to feel differently. You're going to have new habits going on in your life. It takes 90 days to change. And if you want to manifest, why don't you get out of that stress start doing something every day. I hope this serves you. It's been my delight to be with you. I'm off and running with my friend Annette Bond for a wonderful date. I'll be back to be with you next Thursday, 4 p.m. Pacific. Until then, my friends, namaste. Namaste.